Great. So uh, this is Lauren Fiorelli and Emma Clark here at uh, Kings Bay. Um, we're talking with Ramona Johnson uh, for our Streets Are Stories project, and today is uh, October third. Um, and sorry, Nefertari. Nefertari as well. Um, so yeah. So if you could tell us about your experiences in Brooklyn. My experiences in Brooklyn are like memorable. Um, I, I was here all my life. I was born and raised in Brooklyn. I was raised. I I, I was born in um, the Ridgewood section of Brooklyn, which is a mixed neighborhood. I'm African-American, and um, most of the neighborhood at that time was Latino and Italian, and then from there, we moved to Park Slope, which is like a melting pot, and you would find all different races in Park Slope. You could find, you know, Italians, Blacks, Hispanics, all, it's just, just a, a mixture. And so, you know, I guess people consider Park Slope a very upscale neighborhood. And then from uh, Park Slope, I moved to Brownsville. And so that's a very different, that's a really urban neighborhood. And then from Brownsville, I found myself here in Sheepshead Bay. Yeah. And so and what time periods were you in each of these places? And, and... I would say I, I'm a 10-year woman because I you know I'm approaching my 50s and so I probably I've been here nine years and I was in Park Slope nine years and I grew up and I was in Ridgewood for nine years something like that so yeah oh uh, yeah so if you could tell us sort of like where where you were at when you were at each of those places and and what your experiences of the neighborhoods were okay growing up in Ridgewood Brooklyn it was uh you know, old school, you know, I'm, I'm a product of the late 60s, and so it was very much a community in, 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 in the truest sense. It, everybody went to everyone's house, everyone everybody knew each other, each other everyone looked out for each other, we played with each other on the block, we all had the same dinner time, we, was, we all had the same play time, and so everyone knew where everyone was at, so it was easy to go to other people's homes. Yeah, mm -hmm. and, uh, and so, yeah, what was it like going to school there, or do you have any like, specific memories of, of growing up in that area? Uh, growing, up in the, growing up in the area, it was a very protected neighborhood because all of the adults watched out for us, and so, you know, I had a sense of adults were adults and children were children, and children stayed in their place. Mm -hmm. And I felt protected. I did feel protected. Um, I think that, you know, when you come from a big community and you know everyone, you know, we didn't have any of that, like, gang violence and things of that nature. Like, everybody pretty much looked out for you. Because well, yeah, we, we lived together and we went to school together. Yeah, I mean, there were gangs in different communities like East New York, Brownsville, but it wasn't as violent and as prevalent and so, you know, just out there like it is now. You know, like, it's crazy. Well, I think that things have changed because, you know, that was back in the early 70s mm -hmm. that I'm talking about when I was in Ridgewood, Brooklyn. And so back in the early 70s, you know, we're just coming up off of the 60s and that whole 60s movement, uh, civil rights and all that kind of stuff. So, you know, uh, people, flower children, bell bottoms, I was wearing bell bottoms and mm -hmm. stuff like that. and. You know, it was a different era. And so, 
now as we move along, you know, urban life is developing, you know, you get in a concrete jungle, students are doing all kind of things, you know, and they're banding together, there's a breakdown of the family, that whole community thing I was telling you about started to diminish, people started to go to work, moms used to be at home in the, in the like early 70s, mm -hmm. and then as you progressed on into the 80s, you know, I think people pretty much started, like, both parents probably started working. That's the way I saw it. And did you see that reflected in your in your own life, your own home life? What kind of changes did you see? In well, I had a stay-at-home mom, but um, by the time we moved and we got to Park Slope, you know, it was hustling and bustling. It was like, you know, you in middle school and, you know, you... you you're getting, you're approaching high school and life is changing and there's hustling, bustling, finding high schools and all kind of things. So, you know, uh, the transition was a very big one coming from, you know, Ridgewood, Brooklyn and then winding up in Park Slope and everyone's so serious and everyone's about a career. It's a big change. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then you said you also lived in Brownsville. And then I moved to Brownsville, which is a, a really big change because, you know, that's a, a very urban neighborhood. Like Nefertari is saying, it's gangs, it's violence, it's drugs, it's shootings. And so, you know, it, that really put fear into me because, you know, I kind of lived like a sheltered life. Until then, even though I lived in a mixed neighborhood, I never really experienced racism and isolation, but in Brownsville, I did. That's when I became aware that racism is a serious problem in Brooklyn, you know, and you wouldn't think it is, but, you know, each section of Brooklyn is different. So mm -hmm. if I went to, you know, Bay Ridge, you know, Howard Beach, we had that incident with the young man. Do you remember his name, Neff? I can't remember his name off the top. Of he my was head. running down the parkway yeah, and he was beating yeah. him with a bat. Still kinds of stuff. When his name comes to me, I'll tell you. But you know, and it's just you know, it's a melting pot. You have Chinese here, um, you have uh, Hispanics there, Italians there, and everyone claims their section. And so, you know, it's a very curious place. It's a melting pot of people, but it's very territorial. Yeah. Because if I go down the block and I go to this Pakistani neighborhood, they don't want me there either. Do you have yeah, but I mean, you don't let that stop you, right? You still continue <laughs> no. to. Oh, okay. No, it's just. It's just no, because sometimes people everybody get intimidated. If you go spot. in a certain store, you know, with a different culture, mm -hmm. you know, you can. Some people can be so sensitive that you feel intimidated and yes. you'll just go to go in and then you'll. You know, the vibes, you know, make you turn around and not. Like I said, there's certain stores on Ocean Avenue. If I go there, I will go there early in the morning. Like, you know, as soon as the sun comes up, I know that they're open. I go and get my vegetables, and I'm out of there because I know the attitude of that particular. Of those, I know which stores you're talking well, about. Well, we not mention no name, but, you know, let's just leave it at that. But, you know. And, and also, like, when you hand people money, like, if I hand you a $20 bill for my groceries, I don't want you to throw my money on the counter. And then the next person behind me or the one that in front of me, you didn't do that to them. You understand? So it's, you understand the dynamics of what I'm saying? So in 
Brownsville, you were saying it was when you sort of realized the racism that can, that exists in Brooklyn. Did you have a specific experience where that really like hit home for you? Well, it uh, it became real to me because you know it's an urban neighborhood, and you know there's drugs, there's violence, there's stereotypes, and you know I think many people buy into stereotypes here in Brooklyn, and so because you know, that's what the media puts out. Okay. The media feeds a whole lot of stuff that's going on, whether it's politics, health issues for women. You know, they hype it up because they want to sell newspapers and magazines. So if you really want to know the truth, deal of what's going on, you have to be involved with your community. And, you know, not just your community, just go. Like I said, I like going out and meeting people, you know. And when I go to places, if I see free brochures, I'll pick one of everything up to bring it home so I can read it, so I can know that's the only way that you're going to know. I think that you're very right because, you know, you could get a perception that this is a very welcoming and open place, Brooklyn, but it's like Nefertari is saying that, you know, maybe some of the perceptions about Brooklyn is driven by the media. and um, Not just Brooklyn, it's all over. Well, yeah, that's really, true. Really, it's all over. It's not just the media has a lot to do with a lot of negative stuff that is portrayed in different neighborhoods, okay? You don't really hear the media go out and say, look at these college students, no, look at these high school students who are volunteering at the cancer, you know, cancer hospital or volunteering for children in hospitals. I'm not saying that these children are not, I'm not saying that these things are not taking place, but you do have children that are doing ex young youth that are doing exceptional things and nobody talks about it unless it's a group of people like these young ladies here who are going inside the trenches, you know, to really see what's going and expose it. You understand? Like for us as a people, we don't hear about college tours unless you listen to WBLS or WLIB. Okay? Yeah, there's college tours, but we're talking about college tours because, like I said, we don't have ample opportunities to a lot of things. And I'm not saying give me stuff on a silver platter because I got kids and I make them work well, hard. We, then we got to change this because, we, t I, you know, it, we were talking about Brooklyn, so my mind was in a different place. But oh, okay. So we're you, really talking about, like, what you're talking about is being a black person living in Brooklyn. Okay. Well, anyways, but you can talk about that too. <laughs> no, I'm saying this is all good to me. Like, <laughs> this is good. But you know, it, you know, I want to direct my my conversation because I was had a certain train of thought, I'm sorry. and I was thinking about what my experience was growing up. But um, like we were talking about racism, so it's it's appropriate because you know you are tapping into you know, your perceptions and experiences, and, you know, that's important. That's important. A lot of things you said is true. Um, I think people see things on News 1 and and um, Channels 2. It depends on what cable company you got. Mm -hmm. And so the, it's limited. The media is very limited. Yeah. It shows limited neighborhoods. It shows Long Island. Like, I, I, I'm Verizon, and most of the things I see come from Long Island, and mm -hmm. I live in Brooklyn. So, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it, it, it's, it's strange, and it doesn't seem right, and it changes your perspective. Because if I'm seeing that every day, then I start associating what I'm seeing with Brooklyn, but it's really Long Island. Mm -hmm. it's, it could be considered brainwashing, if you want to say. Yeah. But, 
You know, I feel like not enough news, and people say that all the time because there's a lot of crime in Sheepshead Bay. And so the first thing people say is, why isn't it on the media? Like, exactly, why isn't exactly. all the robberies yeah, that happen to, here, you get home the invasion, yeah. <laughs> all kind of stuff? And so what Nefertari is saying is true because the police department once admitted that they the the crime statistics weren't exactly as they were portraying them to be and so that you would think that most of the crime is happening in places like Brownsville and East New York when just as much crime is happening here mm -hmm. in Sheepshead Bay if exactly. not more so yeah. and so you know all you have to do is open up the Bay News and you'd see what's going on yeah. you would see that people are getting uh, carjacked you would see that there's Choke home invasions you would see that they're getting mugged at the subway station over there even at the bus stops on Nostrand Avenue you know it was yeah, crazy I out mean, here from April to yeah, what the right. middle of July. That's I mean, right. one you know one after another, women were being attacked at the bus stop five six thirty in the morning. You know, getting chokehold and beaten and whatnot, and coming out of the buildings. You know, and if we didn't pass the word by a phone call, like she would call me or one of my other girls, did you hear so and so happened at such and such address? And I'm like, what? When? When? You know? But when I buy the deal, so I stopped buying the deal because, like I said, they don't talk about what's going on in our community, okay? So it was just by word of mouth. And like I said, it was a rampant thing that was going on. And I don't know if it's because you have two different sections of NYCHA out here. I don't know if that's the reason why, you know, it's not, the, either the news is kept suppressed. There was a newspaper, and I want to tell you, one is the Bay News, yeah, the one Bay. is Courier Life, mm -hmm. and um, Sheepshead Bay Bites puts a lot of, stuff that goes on mm -hmm. in NYCHA development, mm -hmm. they, they, those three papers are probably reporting what News One doesn't, okay. yeah. and um, the rest of the news channels that we have out here. Mm -hmm. But um, for the most part, living here for the, the nine years I've been here, Nefertari's been here for much longer than me. It's been a very good experience because we have the Salt Marsh. We live by Marine Park, and um, we have a nature reserve center. Um, this is a very secluded area, and so that's why I say we're like out here by the water. And um, it's a big difference that, um, from Brownsville. It's a much better place than Brownsville, but it's still an isolated place. And you know, pretty much this neighborhood mm -hmm. is a mixture. It's like Russian. Yeah, you got some everybody and, um, out here. Chinese, mm -hmm. Irish. Yeah, you got some everybody out here. You know. It's a melting pot. Mm -hmm. And uh, for the most part, people out here, like especially if you're going toward Garrison Beach, because we're actually on the border. If you go a couple, couple blocks over, we'll be in Garrison Beach. That That is a very racist place for blacks and certain whites because if you're not Irish then you're gonna have a problem. Yeah, well I don't know about the ethnicity, you know, but I know I don't go down that way. No, you know? because then you know um, I mean for and I don't go down that way because of the stories that I've heard. I mean there's no stores down there for me. I don't have all my kids are grown and whatnot, but I just don't venture down that way. So it you know, that uh, reaffirms what I was saying that, you know, Brooklyn you know, if an outsider was looking, they'd be like, oh, I want to go to Brooklyn. It seems like such an exciting place. <laughs> you know, there's so much, there's different people. But when you get here, you find out there's so many different dynamics going on. This is a very complex place.
Mm-hmm. Um, do you want to talk about what why, what made you move to Sheepshead Bay, and then you're also raising your son here? So, mm-hmm. what that experience has been like in this in this area? Well, I I had a, a couple of choices, and I I chose to come to Sheepshead Bay because I like water. And so we are by like three bodies of water. We got Plum Beach. Um, we got the we have the at, at, in Marine Park where I was telling you the nature reserve. That is the end of the Hudson River. So the end of the Hudson River ends right here in Sheepshead Bay. And um, of course we have Coney Island that is by us, and that's the Atlantic Ocean, isn't it? It's, it, I'm it's sorry. On, it's, it's on the harbor that yeah, yeah. That would eventually becomes the ocean out there. Yeah. yeah. So I, I really was attracted by the quietness. It's a lot of um, green space out here. And it seemed like such a nice place. But we're isolated. Yeah. yeah. Uh, what made you leave? You came from Brownsville to here. I came from um, here from Brownsville because I wanted to really get out of Brownsville because it was so much gun violence, so much crime, uh, drugs. It's not. It's not. It wasn't a very good place to raise a child. So I have my um, youngest son. He's uh, nine years old, and then I have an older son that's 26 years old. So I was really looking to pretty much get my oldest son away from that kind of environment because Brownsville was a place where black teens would be getting shot every other day. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, you always have that fear, is my son going to be next? And so um, what has have you seen uh, raising your nine-year-old in Sheepshead Bay? How has that been different than raising your older, your older son in, in Brownsville? I think my oldest son is more street smart because um, there's none of that going on here in Sheepshead Bay for the most part. And even in the schools here, the schools are different. My son goes to an A-rated school in Garrison Beach. And if we were in Brownsville, it would probably be a C or an F. Because, as you know, many schools in urban areas that deal with minority children are poor-performing schools, and that's a fact. Mm -hmm. So, you know, there is a difference academically. There's a difference socially. I think Mm -hmm. socially my son is more developed than my oldest son would have been. I mean, he was exposed to, like, a lot of violence. Yeah. Um, And then, so are there any... You've talked about the positive things about living in Sheepshead Bay, but is there any criticism or any other thoughts that you have about the area? Well, I always would think that as a community, you know, we don't have much out here in Sheepshead Bay. There's really nothing much. There's no clubs out here. There's no, we have a movie theater. That's about it. Where? But the Nap Street Cinemas. Oh, I didn't even know that was still open. Yeah, I don't do I don't do movies. Just buy, I buy my DVDs, mm-hmm. comfort of my home, you know. I mean, what do you think? But that's my perspective. I just feel that you know, there's no entertainment out here. It's not so much entertainment. There's nothing cultural for our youth out here. That's where I'm going. There's nothing out here for these. You know, like I said, you see, the young, you see the young sisters get on the bus, they dress to the nine, they go into work. I'm tired of seeing my brothers hanging out on the corner. 
I know. Okay. I do speak to, you know I speak to all the young brothers. You speak to everyone. Because I used to volunteer at 194. I worked with kindergarten kids. I did that for almost seven years. I loved them to death. To see them now in high school or just getting ready to go to college, you know, and when I see them, it makes my heart so happy because they're on the right track. And I always try to give them encouragement. They don't get that a lot. And a lot of them don't know how to respond to the ones that don't know me. But most of the kids out here know Ramona and myself. But um, in terms of, uh, you can get job training for women. Any woman could go to job training, but you don't have nothing calling for the, for the brothers or the Latinos or the minorities, period. I don't want to just keep, you know, individually labeling, okay? So if you're not, I'm not saying that a lot of these youth are not looking for a difference but what do you have out here? To, there's nothing out here. There's no black churches, like I told yeah, you before. Yeah, we don't have the black one, places the, that dance. The one we don't, black we don't church, have artistic. Okay. So we there's don't have no, there's no um, thing for like, you know, like I said, tutoring. If you don't have, if, if I'm a parent, I, like I said, I didn't have money for tutoring. I was a single parent. Okay? So I worked with my kids as much as I could to keep them on point. But they started school when they was three and four years old. Back in the 60s, when they started Head Start, that's when my children got in. And then from there, they were bust out of the neighborhood, and they got a better education. And I did a comparative thing. I compared the books that my kids had from the other neighborhoods to what the children were doing in my neighborhood, totally different. Totally different. When I got my to kids college. were exposed to computers. There were no computers in East New York where, where I was raising my kids. And when I, went to, when, when I moved to Bed-Stuy, they got computers because of mommy fight to get them into a better school. And that's what I told the parents when I was volunteering. You don't have to come every day. I came five days a week from 8 in the morning till 4.30 in the afternoon. You don't have, give an hour. You sit home and you bitch about what's not happening. But where are you? Like I told them, the Board of Ed no longer has to teach your child to write script. So what is everybody doing now? Pushing a damn button on a device. Okay, do you know how to, you, like I said, back in the day when I went to school, you knew how to do the dictionary. You knew, you know, everything about the dictionary. Why we learn script at school? Because of where he's at, he's in Garrison Beach. 194 is not teaching him that. I knew that when I first started. I was appalled. Third graders, what do you mean teachers not teaching you how to script write? Really? My kids knew how to script write by the time they were six and seven. Okay, I taught my kids how to speak correctly. You couldn't come home with slang. Wow. You gotta make, and my kids were ridiculed. Don't think, just because my kids went to a different area of school, they got ridiculed. They were teased on the school bus. Mm -hmm. The kids laughed at them when it came to the way that they talked. Where'd you learn how to talk like that? Because they spoke correct English. I didn't play that. But like I said, you gotta start from when you're bringing your kids home. When they, as soon as they start sitting up, put a pencil in their hand. Talk to them. Don't do nothing that God got babble, babble stuff. You gotta talk to them. And, and you'd be surprised. Children stimulate. You can see this thing. When you stimulate the, their minds, like I said, now you look at the, you look at the, uh, the classified ads. Mm. The jobs not only want you to have a college degree, you gotta be bilingual. So what did um, De Blasi, uh, Ahmed, what did he say? Um, he's going to start a curriculum to teach. You just now getting it in 2015 that our children should be given a second language, okay? From when, you, when you're in preschool, that's what I need to start. Once you start talking, making sounds out your mouth, you need to be taught a different language. 
No, you're not, and I'm not saying just give him a language. You, you're teaching him words, tomato, how you can say it in Spanish, how you say it in English or whatever, and they'll get it. That's how you teach them words. You show them a red apple, this apple is red. It's shaped like, you know, round over the, oh, this orange is round. You're teaching them the circle, and you're teaching them the color of it. You understand what I'm saying? It's not hard. We have been deliberately taken back with the education system. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Really important. I want to ask you, going into the next couple of years, what do you think your community needs? What are, what are your hopes for this community? This community needs um, artistic. I think that we, we there's not enough cultural things going on. I think we have a lot of different uh, cultural groups and no one's really doing anything as far as culture. Like we don't have, we have one community center down there and it's Asian and they don't want anyone but Asian people coming in. We need something that breaks all of these little cliques and groups up and that just brings people together. Like a different type of community center that welcomes everyone from the community. If you go across the street, if you go to the Y, it's the Jewish Kings Bay Y. They only want to cater to Jewish people. They only want to cater to Asian people. And not only that, we can't have can that here and, 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 and have people be happy. No even, one's going to be happy under these conditions. And even though they have the Y here, you got parents here that can't afford to take them to the Y. Well, that's true. That's to a, be honest you know, with you, you have a lot of children that are going without <laughs> because of, and the same thing I say with tutoring. Unless if I don't have the money, Look, to I gotta feed the meter. Just if, let me break for one minute. I'm coming right back. What I think that would make Sheepshead Bay a better place is if we had more um, instead of having isolated um, spe specific cultural events, is that if we just had places that were for everyone, instead of just having places for um, the Jews, the Russians, just everyone. And so, like Neff said, we don't have, like we have to travel to go to the Brooklyn Museum. There's no artistic endeavors out here. There are no uh, social clubs out here. There's nothing. There's no well, you know place what, for the, the children to go. Right it's I just mean, nothing. We don't need no social clubs. Well, I mean, like, you know, if you go to Park Slope, there's a there's five restaurants on every block. It's like something to do. Like, well, you look what's taking here. over out here. You got the drugstores and the food stands, okay? You want to be for real? It's not like back in the day when you had the bodegas on every corner. You had the mom-and-pop cleaning stores. You had a lot of minorities that owned business. I don't see none of my people out here that have one damn store here on Notion Avenue, and I'm talking about from Fulton and Flatbush, I mean Flatbush and Notion, all the way down to this end, except the brother that just opened up his fish store on Avenue B. Well, Why Steve, is that? And, uh, but Dave, Dave has his I'm own saying? business. Dave has okay, his Dave own business. Okay, Dave the but you can count him on you. Dave the barber mm -hmm. and the fish place on, 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 um, on Avenue B. Mm -hmm. Who else is out here? Well, for the most part, I would say because we live in city housing, and so, you know, we're like a handful of people. Like that's why I said in the beginning, I don't feel like this is my neighborhood because you know I I I live in a development, and you know we work in the community. Neff has been in the community for a long time, but th that's that's the truth. I mean, like 
in order to accomplish what Neff is saying, we would need our own people to be more politically organized, and they are not. So yeah, it, it, it's very hard. Yeah, that's like yeah. to, th th that would entail getting them resources and exposing them to the political process, um, business, how to build businesses, and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. That's that's <laughs> that's a whole different exactly ball game, mm -hmm, like mm -hmm. because. Even though I vote and I've been voting since I got grown, okay, I don't really see a difference in anything other than the fact, yes, my brother, President Obama, he's in office, but the powers that be around him has made his job a gazillion times harder than it needed to be because well, of who he is. Well, you yeah. know. Okay, but, what, but on the other point, when it's voting time in our community, who do we see at the voting polls? No, I'm now at the when, vote. When, I'm at the voting no. polls, so I know yeah. that our okay. tenants do when, come when, out. When, when, when President Obama was running, our whole neighborhood came out. Mm -hmm. When the next primary came in, who was voting? The elderly. You understand what I'm saying? The elderly were voting. Okay, and we need to understand that, and like I say, I'm not a political person, but I'm learning as I go along that if you don't get involved, you don't have a voice. Well, that's our true. Vote but counts I can assure you, I can assure you that on voting day, only a couple of hundred people came out from this neighborhood. Like, I know, I only, know. But there's I'm thousands, there's over 8,000 people that live in our development. But, and, you know, if you think about the whole neighborhood, that's thousands of people. But our politicians actually really win by several hundred votes. And that's a fact. I'm just, I was just, you don't know unless you work in a, a poll worker. So you wouldn't, no one would know that that they're winning by a couple of hundred votes. Mm -hmm. Like, it's, 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 it's crazy, but, but, but you it's know what? true. Look no one's the... coming out to vote. And then I heard there was a primary a couple of weeks ago. I happened to buy the Daily yeah. News on that day, right? I didn't even know that there was a primary. I read the papers. I took, I took them out of, out of the newspaper, okay? I saved it, okay? Now, these a whole three, I think it was six pages full of all kind of different judges that are running. No pictures. I don't know these people from, from a house cat that I get off the street. If you want us to continue to vote, like I said, a, a name doesn't mean nothing to me. And this is how politically they're able to spin the wheels the way that they do. Okay? And then every election you come up, oh, the paper punch, or did you know they got to keep changing? Really? You can send a man to the moon, but you can't fix the machine so that everybody gets a chance to vote. I'm being serious. It make, it's asinine. Who are these people making these decisions? You're getting paid a gazillion dollars to do absolutely nothing. Sorry, do you have any last thoughts? I'm sorry. Thought? <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> do you have any last thoughts? My, last, my last thoughts. I'm sorry, Mama. No, 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 no. I'm just a conscious observer. <laughs> my, my, my last thoughts about Sheepshead Bay, like what would make what would make me be happy to live here is that if I did see more businesses that were owned by people of color, if I did have because I felt isolated and I said that before. And people will feel that way. I don't think that the Asians will feel isolated because they have things geared toward them. 
but you know, in the Russians, because they have their stores, their restaurants, and whatever. But for me and Neff, it's African Americans. I feel isolated. And I said that from the beginning. That that's the way I felt. And so, you know, that's important. If I had things that I like, like I like going to the museums. You know, we have we do have a movie theater, but there are not a lot of places that people can go out here in Sheepshead Bay. So, you know. The kids feel that way too. I know that yeah. for sure. That mm-hmm. they feel like there's nothing here. Like in other neighborhoods, like Bay Ridge, you could go to these fun places for kids, mm-hmm. these g- gym places, and yeah. But then all again, that. but then again, those places cost money, and everybody doesn't have money. So you still have a whole race of young children that are going without on the weekends because they have nothing to do, and their parents can't afford it. I'm being honest with you. They can't afford it. Like I said, look at the carpet. Okay, so if I got six kids and I want to take my kids to the Brooklyn Museum <laughs> and my friends are limited, we can't go. Because I, I got... Kids, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Oh, no, no, no. Okay. no, not at all. It, it's, it's, a, it's a whole... I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'll be quiet. I go on because everything just... I'm sorry, Ramona. I'll let you know. No, it's okay. No, you were making some very valid points. And I really appreciated this conversation. I really love talking about Brooklyn. Mm -hmm. Well, we're really glad that you guys came to talk to us today. We really appreciate it. Um, So thank you for speaking with us. Thank you. Okay.